God's word is God's tool to prepare God's people for life and ministry. May God bless and equip you for exploits in his kingdom, even as you listen in Jesus' name. Amen. There is with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words Father, in the name of Jesus, we commit this session into your hands. Lord, we are asking that you will show mercy to us. You have been speaking to us, and we believe you will speak to us again. This is the third day. We have been coming together at this point, and we are asking that we will end well with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Good morning again. This is the third day we've been looking at this topic, Encountering God. Encountering God. And yesterday, we looked at how God is a God of specifics. And that encountering Him produces tangible results. Something you can hold. And we said, you may not be able to explain everything, but you know that God has said something. You heard him say something, and you put it down, you write it down, and you go back to it, and you obey, even when we don't understand. On this final day, I've been wondering, Lord, what is it you want us to look at? And I sense God saying, the encounter brings power. It brings power. The encounter is not just a feeling, like we said yesterday. The encounter also is not just to give you specific things to do, but the encounter brings authority. And honestly speaking, I don't know about you. My greatest need in life is to encounter God so that I can encounter my world. I mean, what else am I living for? If it's to encounter God just to see his beauty and his glory, hey, let me go to heaven. Isn't it? Because there I will see him in all his majesty. But the cry of my heart, and I think the cry of our heart, is how can we encounter him? But while on earth, we are bringing impact and change. Our brother, McKean, is in Darfur. I mean, in that forgotten wasteland, forgotten wasteland, if he doesn't encounter God with power to bring change, he will have all the principles of change, but he will not bring change. The encounter is to bring change. Amen. At the end of the day, God wants change on earth. And I'll be looking at two areas of power, and both from the life of our brother Moses. Exodus chapter 28. He says, God is speaking to, to Moses, and God says in verse 1, now take Aaron your brother and his sons with him 
from among the children of Israel that he may minister to me as priest, Aaron and Aaron's sons, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. And you shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. Now, this is the Lord speaking, right? Now, Moses is the one encountering God in the mountain. But God tells Moses, go to your brother Aaron and his sons and make them ministers unto me. Do you understand what's happening? Go to them. Make them ministers unto me. He says that they may minister as priests. This is an instruction from God to the man who encounters him. God wants us coming out of his presence to raise a generation of priests. Amen. Listen, I say to myself, if I am not raising men who will minister to God, I am a failure. I'm not talking of reaching the lost now. Do you understand me? Am I raising a people who will be priests to God? And not just a people, a generation. Because he says, Aaron and his sons. It takes power. It takes authority for people to be willing to listen to you. Please, I hope you know that Aaron was older than Moses. I hope you know that. So, it's not, I'm not talking of children ministry. Ministry to children is important. It's raising a new generation. But it's easy for children to follow you. When you tell them stand, they will stand. When you tell them sit, they will sit. But when you're talking to adults, hmm, when you're talking to people who are older than you, I hope you know that Aaron and Miriam kept struggling with Moses' leadership. Even after he has done all this ordination, they were still saying, is it not Moses? Is it not Moses? In our last uh, leaders' meeting, <laughs> in our company. Uh, our uncle Pade said something that I have not forgotten. He said the future of leadership in our company will be very difficult. He said, you know why? He said, because younger people will assume leadership. And those younger people will have to deal with older people. And even though the older people are good people, they will be saying, when did this one join the company that he's telling me what to do? Let me tell you, it's not easy. Oh, it's not easy, brothers. It's not easy. Thank God for our current ID. He's a bridge right now. He's a bit old, but not too old. You understand me now? May God help the people that come after them. Do you know, in every country we walk, there will be younger people rising up. Are you following me? And as those younger people rise up, the older ones are still there. 
Those ones were leaders even before this one became a member. Ah, we have a brother, I won't call names. When the leader is talking, he say, you are the age of my son. I mean, this is not a The truth is, that leader is the age of one of his children. How does such a young man lead somebody the age of his father? Do you know that even if that old Baba was a good man, the young man himself is intimidated in himself. When you will call in the people following you, Baba, but there is a power I'm asking God to give us. It is not physical. Is somebody with me? It's not something that has to do with age. It has nothing to do with experience. It has nothing to do with wisdom. If people follow us because of our age and wisdom, that is human leadership. We are asking for divine authority to lead. Now, I don't know who I'm speaking to because, you know, in our company, things are always changing, right? Moses, go and ordain Aaron. And you know, the, the order of God is, is the greater who ordains the lesser. So, when Moses comes to Aaron and says, God told me to ordain you, Aaron may be thinking, I think this boy is getting proud now. I think we need to clip his wings a little bit. Miriam will be saying, is it not Moses were cleaning him when he was born? For everybody here, may God give us authority. Amen. An authority that commands followership. An authority that commands respect. The point I'm making is when we come out from God's presence, we must have authority. Now, it may not even be age. It may be that you have joined the company recently or a fellowship recently. Do you know somebody can come and join a company? He's a new member. He just stays in one corner. Is somebody with me? And he's just facing God, crying to God. And the word of the Lord will come. You see, that young man, that young sister, God says, come and lead us. Do you know that that's a crisis for others who are in the group? People who have been thinking and positioning themselves. And God overrides. The point I'm making is as we seek God, he will give us authority before men. Hallelujah. Even in the secular world, as we seek God, God can pick somebody who may have been a novice and lift him up. Can I ask you a question? How old was Saul of Tarsus when God began to lead him? He was a young man, but God picked him. The sovereignty of God says, I will choose who I will choose. And you cannot ask me why. And as they were praying in the church in Antioch, the word of the Lord came. Separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for a work I've given them. 
I hope you know some other people in that church may wonder, isn't this a baby Christian? Is he not a baby? We just recently ordained him. Oh God, make us men of authority. Hallelujah. Make us men of authority. We don't want to know your degrees. We don't want to know your age. We don't want to know your experience. Honestly, God does not want to know. But God wants one thing. Are you a man meeting with me? Are you meeting with me? And if we are meeting with God, we come out of the mountain. God says, go and ordain a generation. Hallelujah. Look at Exodus chapter, the same 28. Look at verse 3. He says, so you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister to me as priest. It's still authority. Not just authority over Aaron, but authority over professionals. Authority over skilled men. Authority over people with resources. Now, I don't know how to say this without sounding wrong. But do you know, there are people with resources. There are people that have what we need to ordain people. And the key to tapping into those things is not strategy. It's encountering God. There are people, Bezalel, and there are Aholiab. They are skilled, talented people. They have something. God has given them this something. And they make money with it. They live with it. But Moses comes and says, thus says the Lord, you are going to use your skills for the purpose of God. Your resources are for the purpose of God. You know, that sounds very obnoxious. How can you go to somebody who is using his resources for, and you say, you are not paying him. You know, when you see people using all their skills and their gifts to serve a man of God, they have seen something. Isn't it? Those men have seen something. They are giving willingly. You don't chase them. You don't beg them. But they are willing to offer all they have. When we encounter God, we impact men. When we encounter God, people respond to us. People respond with their skills. People respond with their time. People respond with their resources. One of the cries of my heart is that God will provide abundance for our company. But you know, this is not to condemn anybody. Sometimes when I see somebody who no resources are coming to him, nothing is happening. Everything is always dry. Year in, year out. 
Nobody is willing to give. He writes letters. Nobody reads. He shares his vision. Nobody buys. He talks about his work. Nobody's interested. I'm asking a question. Is this sister or brother encountering God? Is God interested in him or her? Now, we know we all go through desert experiences. But when over seasons of years, you cannot give a testimony that people with resources were attracted to your life without you manipulating. People just heard you. And it makes them say, I want to be part of this. Those people that are giving millions to some ministers, those ministers, do they have two heads? So part of the cry of my heart is, the resources we need to do what we must do, they're in the hands of men. Is somebody with me? They're in the hands of men. And instead of me worrying about those people, let me go and encounter God. Hallelujah. Let me focus on God. When I come down from the mountain, I say, Aholiab. He will say, yes. All your skills, God needs it for something. They will say, yes, sir. That's authority. It's not long letters, long emails. Phone call, phone call, phone call. And yet people are not responding. You see, for me, I will go back to God's presence. Hallelujah. So, encountering God gives authority. That's where I'm going. Hallelujah. Authority with men that you ordain. Do you know the joy of my life is that you can ordain people and they and their generation are reproducing and ministering to God. I don't know if I'm sounding proud, but I want to be a spiritual father to generations. Is somebody with me? I want to be a spiritual father. You don't have to call me a father. That's not the point. But that there are people that will look at you and say, because of your life, I am doing what I'm doing in the ministry today. And not in one country, two, five, ten countries. Brethren, can we dream that? That we are raising generations of Aaron's. Generations of Aaron's. You are in a plane. And somebody's next to you in the plane. Between takeoff and landing, you've raised a new generation. Between how many hours, the glory of God has impacted somebody. And the person will keep on referring to that flight. Can you imagine that? The person will be saying, I met a man on a flight. It was a short flight, but that man changed me. And you may never see him again. And look at Philip. He met the Ethiopian eunuch. How long was the encounter? But they said that man took the gospel to Ethiopia. Oh, am I making sense, friends? Eh? I don't know how long Philip stayed with that man. Between meeting him, sharing gospel, baptizing him, and he disappeared. Yeah, that man took the gospel to Africa. There's something restless in my spirit. I don't want a normal ministry. 
I don't want something say stage one, stage two, stage five, and then it happened. It's good to have proper planning. I am a man of planning. You people know that. Let's follow this DMM one, two, three, stage, stage, stage. But you know, when God chooses to move, there's no DMM written in heaven. When God chooses to move from man of peace, stage three, we'll be here in stage eight. Something will just break out. How many of you want that? Something will just break out. But you know, you can't explain it. You can only say God. Are you following me? All you say is what? God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Authority with men. You know, on campus, as an unbeliever, I was involved in the fraternity. Fraternity is like secret club. Do you know that we're going into the hall one day? There was a function inside the hall. And everybody's dressed, you know, young boys, young girls, everybody's going. And as we're entering into the door, one young man, he just stopped and looked at me and said, you, come. I looked at him. I'm bigger than him. He said, come. So I came. He said to me, tell me you are sorry. I said, what? He said, tell me you are sorry. I said, why will I tell you I'm sorry? He said, because if you don't tell me you are sorry, you will be sorry. Then I looked at the men around him. Brothers, I told him I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm telling you. I I, I said, I'm very sorry. (laughs) I don't know him. Never seen him before. But he was flexing authority. There's something in me said. That thing he has, I want it. That thing that makes a young man like me tell me to say I'm sorry. I want that thing. Are you, are you with me? So I began to say which fraternity or club is he in? Now I'm only trying to bring out something here. Authority has nothing to do with the external. Are you following me? Sometimes we think it's how you dress or how you speak or your education. No, 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 no. Listen, all those things in the scheme of God, they are irrelevant. You will see somebody wearing slippers. He enters a room and he doesn't say anything. But you know God has come. He has not said anything. He just wears a slippers and a short. Sits down in one corner. And you know God came. If they ask you, go to someone to pray for you, you want to go to him. Do you know that is the problem of leadership without authority. When you have leadership without spiritual authority, it is frustrating. You know why? People will be going to somebody else. Are you with me? People will be going to somebody else for counsel. People go for somebody else for prayer. But you are sitting on the throne. See, that's the Saul-David paradigm. Saul was still king, but God was with David. And God was moving with David. And those with spiritual eyes knew where God was. Brethren, as we close our devotion, we are saying, number one, we need authority with men. Hallelujah. We need what? 
an authority that cannot be explained. Moses is ordaining his elders. Moses is raising a generation of priests. Moses is raising skilled men, resourceful men. One of the tangible results of encountering God is authority with men. Please, my friends, I am crying. Cry with me for this authority. Hallelujah. Look, I would rather never lead anybody if I'm not leading with authority. If people are coming to me because of my age or because of my education or because of my nationality or because of my dress code, then I have failed. Hallelujah. But when you as a single brother, Makin, you are not married, but you are counseling married people, then it means there's something you have. Is somebody following me? That you are not married. You don't know what it's like to be married. Yet, married people are coming to you. And they say, counsel us. Teach us. You are a single sister. Married women are coming to you. Sister Rose. And they say, teach us how to be a good wife. You say, but I'm not married. They say, but please, we know you have something. You see, then you know it's authority from God. If people can decode your authority, it is not from God. Did you forget that? If people can decode, if they can explain away how you are doing this thing, then it's not of God. You see, there's an authority that people can't understand why you have it. Why should David, of all people, become king of Israel? You can't explain that. Why would Saul of Tarsus, a rebel, become the foremost apostle in his generation? You can't explain that. The only thing we can explain is that somewhere inside is a man hungering for God. Hallelujah. When people are finished playing and talking, this man will go and hide. As the deer thirsts for the water brooks, my soul longs for God. My soul longs for God. God says, that's a man after my heart. God says, that's a man I can give authority. I know there are greater men, but this one, his heart is right. It is foolishness to struggle for authority. Total nonsense to be maneuvering yourself. Stay where you are. Hunger after God. Baba will look at you. You say that, sister there, come, 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 come. I will introduce you to people. Resources will chase after you. Favor will surround you. Some of you are professionals. In your place of work, they will promote you without reason. They will be saying, we are looking for somebody we can trust. Please, I hope you know that the Spirit of God speaks to unbelievers. I have a friend of mine. I'm talking currently now. He's an architect. He owns a company producing um, furniture. He got a phone call from the state government. And they said to him, we need you to come and have a meeting in the state house. He is in Lagos, which is southern Nigeria. And this is a state in the southeast. He doesn't know anybody there. He got there. 
They said, we have appointed you into the cabinet of the state government. He said, why? How? Somehow your file got to the table of the governor. And there were so many files and everybody is trying to promote their own candidate. And this man, not knowing anybody, not knowing his file was even going to the governor. The governor opened the file and said, this is the man I want. Call this man. He will be one of my commissioners. The brother is stunned. What am I saying? You cannot, without lobbying, just focusing on God. Your whole heart is focusing on God. And God says you have no ambition to be anything. Your desire is just God. God will fish you out. Amen, somebody. Dream with me that you will be someone of impact. That people will be drawn to you. People will give you authority. People will respect you. People will listen to you. People will serve you. People will follow you. Not because you want it. But God says, follow him. I trust this one. Is somebody with me? I'm rounding up the devotional because seeking God's face actually brings tangible results on earth. Look, ministry is not the program. It is an ordination from heaven. Is somebody with me? It's an ordination from heaven. Let me, let me touch one thing and then we'll just stop. We've talked of power with men. But there's also power with God. Encountering God produces authority with God himself. Now, I say these things very carefully. Very carefully. But very boldly. Exodus 32, verse 9. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen these people. And indeed, they are a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them and I will consume them and I will make of you a great nation. Then Moses pleaded with the Lord his God and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak and say, he brought them out to harm them to kill them, and on and on and on. Now, verse 13. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Your servant. And on and on. Where I'm getting to is verse 14. So the Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. Ah. Exodus 32, 9-14. You know, I think there's no greater honor that you, a human being, you are interacting with the almighty God. And God said, right. God said, right. And because of you, God will now say left. <laughs> I'm afraid. You see, God was not thinking. God said, look, I will destroy these people. I will make a new generation with you. It wasn't still the process of thinking. 
It was a decision. He was just informing him what he will do. Why I say I'm saying this carefully? Because Moses did not command God. The Bible says he pleaded with God. Hallelujah. He pleaded. And in that pleading, he was reminding God. Remember God. As if God forgets. Your covenant. Remember what you said. What will the people say? God, you know now, cannot work. God, I beg you. Please hear me. When he was finished. Can I hear this from other versions of the Bible? That verse 14 says, the Lord relented. That's New King James. Yes. Kai, listen to that. Oh, I don't have time to enter this. God can change his mind because of you. But that is authority. You know, on that day we were praying for India. I was crying when our brother was leading. He said that the 33 million gods are provoking God. Do you remember? Those of you who were here. That the 33 million gods in India is provoking the face of God every day. Listen, it will take some people to go and intercede and say, God, don't destroy these people. Can we have that kind of authority in the presence of God? But you know, you have to enter deep enough that you can even hear the mind of God. Because if you're not hearing what God is planning to do, how can you change his mind? We mustn't enter the presence just praying, whoa, 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 whoa. Can we begin to, what is God saying for your country? What is God saying for your generation? Then can you wrestle inside there with God and say, God, please, please. God, is me now. It's me talking to you. It's me. You know now, God, you know it's me. Please, you know it's me. It's me. You know me now. It's me, God. Ha! And God says, but I had made up my mind already. I have given instruction to the angels. In fact, they are already on their way to execute. He said, God, it is me. It's me. And you are rolling on the floor, crying, crying, rolling. Say, Father, it is me. For my sake. Then God said, don't worry. I will, I will bless you and make something special. Say, no, 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 no. Didn't you understand? I'm saying don't destroy this. Oh God, take us to that place. Where you share those secret things you want to do. And you, as a man, you wrestle with God. And God will change his mind. That's authority with God. You know, too many people are satisfied with the ministry of activities. Going back and forth, up and down. We are not spending enough time with what we call the ministry of the inner chambers. That ministry of the inner chambers. And I'm asking God to help that we will grow in this ministry. Hallelujah. We'll grow in this ministry. When we come out, we will ordain men. Let me just leave a short course of warning and then we just pray. This Moses that had great impact with men, had great impact with God. I wonder, did he have any impact with his own family? As I was reading, something was coming to my mind. Moses, you are ordaining your brother and his sons. How about your sons? What's their name? Geshom and something again. I say, Moses, 
you are having impact with God. You are having impact with people. Where are your children? Where are your family members? You know, we don't hear about it, those people. Now, it's easy to say, well, you know, the wife was not a Hebrew and the children were half Hebrew. But you know, we've seen in scriptures where God used non-Hebrews. Isn't it? I want to close by asking that for those of us married, we have to cry. This impact, if it doesn't start in your home, then we are deceiving ourselves. This impact, may we not become, what did you call it, local champion? May we not become local champion outside. But your wife say, this one, people can clap for him outside, but I know him. I know him. I know her. Your children will say, all these people running around you, running around you. We know our father. We know our mother. They don't know him. May this thing start from those closest to us. Hallelujah. People that are in your home. People living with you. They are seeing this glory. The impact is there. Let me stop because of time. But let's go to God in prayer. Just one prayer and then we shall break up. Out of my encounter with God, oh God, may I have impact in my generation. May I have impact with God. Let's just spend a minute crying to God for that. And then we shall break into our time of silence. Oh, Father. Please, brother, you will come. Listen Listen to me, find a brother, find a sister, and just pray this. You see, I know we are past our time, forgive me. But I can't trust, no, don't pray with your spouse, please. Make sure I pray with somebody else. Just in case this brother is not able to pray, can you just turn to somebody? It can be a group of three, no problem. Please, pray for that brother, say God. Impact with men. Impact Ooh. with God. Impact with men. Let the encounter bring tangible results. Let the encounter bring tangible results. Father, let it be that you are touching him and he is touching men. People are responding to him. People are responding to his, his life in God. And may he have authority with you. Authority with you. In Jesus' name we pray. For more information and for other ministry resources, kindly contact Capro on 081 32 or send an email to capromobilization at gmail.com.